0: Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dinner with a Side of Sci-Fi. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Deva.
0: Today we will be preparing Beyond Burgers, enjoying our summer, as we discuss Slaughterhouse-Five.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be cooking Beyond Burgers, uh, which if you haven't had them before, they taste a lot like beef. So they taste like hamburgers, uh, inspired by the Slaughterhouse nature of the book. And then we're also going to be making a cucumber onion vinegar salad to go with it and some french fries. And we have various toppings, cheeses and avocado and tomato to go on it.
0: I'm excited. It's a simple recipe, but I've been craving burgers and I haven't really had many this summer.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to start mixing together the vinegar and the sugar and the salt with the pre-sliced cucumbers and onions. Well, Jason gives you a summary of this classic.
0: Awesome. Okay. So Slaughterhouse-Five is told from the perspective of Billy Pilgrim. Billy is unstuck from time, so he flits in and out of different moments in his life continuously. Sometimes the moments are new to him, other times they are like reruns. This gives Billy a detached worldview, I'd say. Um, Billy is a chaplain, chaplain's assistant in the United States Army, during World War II. When Billy was coming back from an emergency leave due to the death of his father... He is thrown directly into World War II Europe, right during the Battle of the Bulge. Billy is a conscientious objector, and he is clearly detached from reality, and this is when he first gets unstuck from time. Billy ends up alone behind enemy lines before he's found by Roland Weary, a tank gunner, and two snipers. The snipers get sick of Billy dragging his feet, so they ditch him and Weary. Billy and Ronald are captured by the Germans shortly after being abandoned by the snipers. And the Germans confiscate all of Weary's belongings and force him to wear wooden clogs They cut painfully into his feet. Ultimately, he ends up getting gangrene, which kills him. While Weary is dying in a rail car full of other prisoners, he convinces a fellow prisoner, Paul Lazaro, that Billy is to blame for his death. Lazaro vows to avenge Weary's death by killing Billy. Billy and the other prisoners are transported into Germany. By 1945, the pr- prisoners have arrived in the um, German city of Dresden to work in, as forced laborers. By 1945, the prisoners have arrived in the German city of Dresden to work as forced laborers. The Germans hold Billy and his fellow prisoners in an empty slaughterhouse called, I apologize, fünf. I think I don't. We do have actually at least one listener in Germany. So please tell me how awful I was. Um, Which stands for Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five is partially underground, so the prisoners survive the Allied bombing of Dresden. Billy and his fellow prisoners are tasked with locating and burying the dead. Billy's friend Edgar Derby is shot from stealing a teapot. Eventually, all the German soldiers leave to fight on the Eastern Front. Leaving Billy and the other prisoners alone with the tweeting birds, and the, as the war ends, I stole the last line from Wikipedia. Just heads up. After returning home, Billy is hospitalized with symptoms similar to post-traumatic stress disorder, and placed under psychiatric care as a veteran at a Veterans Affairs hospital. There, he shares a room with Elliot Rosewater, who introduces Billy to the novels of the obscure science fiction author Kilgore Trout. After his release, Billy marries Valencia Marvel, whose father owns the Ilium School of Optometry that Billy later attends. Billy becomes a successful optometrist, and Billy and Valencia conceive their first child, Robert, during their honeymoon, and their second child, Barbara, two years later. Robert becomes an anti-communist, anti-Catholic, and he enlists in the Green Berets to fight in Vietnam. On Barbara's wedding night, Billy is abducted by a flying saucer and taken to the planet many light years away from Earth called Trout The Trout are described as having a hand on the end of stalks on their heads with an eye in the middle of their upraised hand. They are able to see in four dimensions simultaneously, observing all points in time. They universally adopt fatalistic worldviews. Death means nothing to them, and their common response to hearing about death is, So it goes. On Tralfalmador, Billy is put into a transparent geodesic dome exhibit at the zoo. The dome represents a house on Earth, and the Tralfalmidorians later abduct a pornographic film star named Montana Willheck, who had disappeared on Earth and was believed to have drowned. They intend to have them mate, her mate with Billy. She and Billy fall in love and have children together. Billy is instantaneously sent back to Earth. In nineteen sixty eight, Billy and a co-pilot are the only survivors of a plane crash in Vermont. While driving to visit Billy in the hospital, Valencia crashes her car and dies of carbon monoxide poisoning. Billy shares the hospital room with Bertram Rumford, a Harvard University history professor researching the official history of the war. They discuss the bombing of Dresden, which the professor initially refuses to believe that Billy witnessed. The professor claims the bombing of Dresden was justified despite the great loss of civilian lives and the complete destruction of the city. Billy's daughter takes him home to Ilium. He escapes and flees to New York City. In Times Square, he visits a pornographic bookstore where he discovers books written by Kilgore Trout and reads them. Among the books, he discovers a book entitled The Big Board about a couple abducted by aliens and tricked into managing the aliens' investments on Earth. He also finds a number of magazine covers noting the disappearance of Montana Whitheck, who appears to be featured in a pornographic film being shown in the store. Later in the evening, when he discusses his time travels to Trophalmador on a radio talk show, he is ejected from the studio. After Billy is evicted from the studio, Barbara treats Billy as a child and often monitors him. Billy eventually dies in 1976. At which point, the United States has been partitioned into 20 separate countries and attacked by China with thermonuclear weapons. He gives a speech in Chicago in which he predicts his own death and proclaims that if you think that death is a terrible thing, then you have not understood the words that I've said. Billy is then shot with a laser gun by an assassin commissioned by the elderly Lazaro. So it goes.
1: Nice last sentence there. And you like my so it goes? Very appropriate.
0: I, I I fully confess, so I don't wanna I don't wanna claim I, I plagiarized heavily from the Wikipedia article. Because yeah. it is a tricky book to write a summary for. Yeah. So I forgot that. Alright, so before we get into talking about the book, what is going on with the recipe?
1: So I just made the uh, cucumber onion salad, so I have that all mixed together. They came together pretty quickly. Uh, I'm gonna make that more often because it was really easy and it used up a lot of cucumber. Uh, which I have a lot of in my garden right now. Uh, but now, I mean, I think really, we really just have to prep prop some more vegetables, chop up the uh, tomatoes and avocados, yep. throw the fries in the fryer, and start grilling our burgers.
0: Now, the fries might take a little while. So before we do the fries, I did want to point out that Mark had bought, went on like a splurge and bought a million flavored seasonings. Are there anything you think could be fun on the French fries? Oh,
1: yes, definitely. Oh, okay. Everything spicy. Pizza. Uh Fiesta sweet and tangy seasoning. Everything. Sriracha. It's pizza? It's, um, maybe the everything spicy. Okay.
0: You you have me salt with everything spicy.
1: Stuff on my uh French fries. Yeah,
0: you know, just dress it up a little Satin bit.
1: Chassin them up a little bit. And then I actually haven't grilled or is that what you call it? Grilling a burger? Um, well, we're, like, we're technically going to be griddling it. Griddling it. them? Yeah, I have a cast iron griddle. Okay, it tells you what to do. Yeah. So you just cook them about four minutes per side. Do not overcook. Yeah, we don't want to dry. Edging in may still be pink or red and fully cooked. Yeah, I think they put, like, beet, beet juice in these to make them red.
0: Now, we do have, like, we have Montreal steak seasoning, which is really good on burgers. I don't know... If
1: doesn't.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's
1: do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Slammer House Five. Woo! <laughs> um. Okay. So. He's doing a work.
0: Start working on vegetables. Yeah, I'll start prepping. And I'll start French fries. And, and then I,
1: you can start the burgers. And I will need to sauté the onions, so I do that first. Yeah. So I, I do want to point out that I actually have read this book. Even though I said I hadn't last time. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, did you remembered? I started reading it. I'm like, this seems really familiar. I'm like, I've read this. So, I have read it before. I liked it better this time. Good. Um, because when I read it the first time, I was like, this is a sci-fi book. And when I read it this time, I don't even really think it was a sci-fi book. I think it was it was about a man who experienced so much trauma that he just you know lost his mind a little bit you know he had ptsd which was mm-hmm. unrecognizable at the time and i you know i think it was just about you know the trauma of war and the effect it has on you well interestingly enough
0: i well, i agree i 100 percent agree i think that it was even simpler than that i think that it was kirk vonnegut's mechanism for tying all this together like i think that um I think that it's it's partially autobiographical, so he was a prisoner in Dresden, He like, a lot of the stuff that happened on his way to get to Dresden probably happened. Um, I can't imagine that it's easy to deal with, and I think that maybe having that detached attitude that Billy Pilgrim has might help.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely think... How else are you going to process all that like violence and death and destruction... Like, it still functions if you're not just totally disassociated from it. Right. I mean, Absolutely. I guess that's what Billy did, and he, you know, he still went crazy. And was imagining, you know, putting things from his his experience, like, in his alien fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kilgore Trout book had similar aliens.
0: But I think for the purposes of the book, this all happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, I think. I'm all in. I think that he actually was a prisoner of the Trout Balmadorians.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was. I think it was all a Okay. And that he made
0: it all up. Well... Well,
1: he didn't make it all up. He just was using it as a coping mechanism.
0: Well, his roommate, when he was in the hospital for PTSD, is actually the subject of another Kurt Vonnegut book. And in that book, he hires Kilgore Trout as a... Um, as a, um, advisor. hmm So we could ask him, you know, which would be nice. If you could actually just ask Kilgore Trout or Billy Pilgrim. I mean, Rosewater does talk about Billy later in life.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. What book was that in? Um,
0: God, oh, that book was a closer. Um, that book was God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater.
1: I, I seem to remember reading something that said Kilgore, was, Kilgore Trout was here. Is that in, like, something?
0: So so Kilgore Trout is Kirk Vonnegut's favorite character that he ever created.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So he wrote him in this book, and then he didn't write him again until his 50th birthday, and then he wrote Breakfast at Champions, which is sort of considered to be a companion book to this one. And in that book, Kilgore is the protagonist. And then, um, Kilgore's also the protagonist in Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, and he's a supporting character, in God bless you, Mr. Rosemont. So he's the actual protagonist, so they
1: talk to him and stuff?
0: Like, he, he narrates, and he deals with things, and you hear his, like, subconscious thoughts. Oh, and, wow. And, um, that, I was disappointed. I, I remember there being more of his book summaries in this book. And, um, in the other books, they also do little one-paragraph summaries of Kilgore's books, and I enjoyed them very much.
1: Yeah, I just just with him seeing Montana Wild Hack on the magazines and just seeing all that and then that was in his fantasy, his fantasy or his experience just you know things he's seeing. I'm going to turn on the air fryer. Sure. Does it have a stay on function?
0: No. But no, I like no. the timer anyway because otherwise I burn things. But. <laughs> There's a noise. I will do my best to filter it out, but that is the air fryer, because if I'm going to have french fries, it better be
1: good. Yes, and I just chopped up the tomato. I'm going to do the avocado now. Um, But I did want to ask you, Jason, I was reading, well, the book even said this, you know, this is, people are saying this is an anti-war book. Uh, So what did you think? Did you think this is an anti-war book? I think that, um,
0: I think Kurt Vonnegut would say that this book was honest. And if you honestly look at more then it's difficult for it to not be. It's like, I don't think it was, a, he didn't write this book as a protest book. Although, if you actually look at the original hardcover of the book, it actually says Slaughterhouse-Five,
1: or The, the Children's
0: Crusade. So that, that first chapter where he sort of does a foreword really does, um, it really does hold up.
1: Yeah, I, th- I agree. I, th- I thought it, it, it shows, it wasn't written as anti-war, it was more of like an, ex- just a, experience, like how to like, communicate the experience he had. Yeah. Uh, in a way that was, that he wanted to, that, uh, that could just show the, the effect. You know,
0: I had a friend that read this book in high school, and he was troubled in particular by Billy Pilgrim's disinterest in his family and his and his wife. Uh huh. Like he almost just didn't consider them. No. Um, and I did notice it more this time, but I don't
1: know that it bothered me. Like, what well, did you- I did notice. Not to in- interrupt you, but there was like two, three women in it, and they were all kind of like negatively discussed.
0: Yes. Well, Barbara was, um, so Barbara kind of clicked at him and wanted, to, wanted him to like, be more responsible. Yeah.
1: And he's like, that's very annoying. He she does what every woman does.
0: Was the, the wife woman. just a pushover? I mean, well, like, you, you don't wife, really get to see her much. He, because she, he, yeah. he
1: was just like, oh, she was kind of like boring, whatever. Like I kind of married her to get the, the practice. And didn't, he said he's that bad.
0: she was? He's, but he said he was, she was tolerable, tolerable to be around when he had to travel through time and relive moments with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, which is tolerable. So I guess that's a good way to describe your wife. Although,
0: um, although he could not have been a, been in a good place coming back from the war.
1: No, especially when he was he was like twenty two when he came back.
0: Yeah, and straight into Battle of the Bulge, not as a fighter. No. no. Yeah. You pass through the basket.
1: So I, can, I can move. Yeah, you don't want to do that again. <laughs> you you can probably go right in front of the microphone. You're much quieter than I am. Because I'm a woman.
0: Because you're Deva. There's plenty of loud women.
1: Um. Yeah, and then Montana was the other woman, and she—I mean, she didn't really have much. About her, besides that she got pregnant, but I mean, if you're having sex with no birth control, like just that's all you have to do for fun.
0: But she insisted on privacy.
1: I I probably wouldn't.
0: I probably wouldn't be there. I'm an alien. Whatever these aliens. Yeah,
1: they're aliens. Who cares?
0: I'm just saying that you know she's he gives her some modesty.
1: Yeah, that's nice. All right, avocado is chopped. Fries are going in the oven.
0: We we'll have to flip those and shake the basket in ten minutes. And burgers are on the grill. I probably should actually wait or to turn down the heat because like a medium, gonna oh, a little less, just so they take longer to cook. Okay. Good sizzles over here.
1: Yeah, I was reading about oh. Kurt Vonnegut, and he even like was on that box car of like prisoners like getting yeah. taken. Like, what a, what an experience that must have been. Which is,
0: I think one of the things that, that makes this book so great is that he, I think all the content is there. Like, he describes the experience, he describes, like, you are able to interpret that it's horrible, mm-hmm. but it's almost like the main character doesn't. Yeah. Like, you're really only aware of how you would react.
1: It's like if NPR was, like, talking about being in a boxcar, <laughs> i like, well, I was in the boxcar, and there was humans everywhere, so I had to stand. No, it would be all things considered, and I'd be
0: crying by the commercial, by like the commercial break. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, this is all done? Yeah, that's all trash. I'm going to rinse my hands off. They're, like, covered in tomato juice.
0: Do you want cheese on your burgers? Yes. I'll do that? I've
1: got pepper jack and mozzarella. Oh, that sounds good. I just want pepper jack on mine. And Margaret. Thank you for getting the
0: mozzarella for Margaret. All right, so... Let's see what else we got.
1: Yeah, There's it, a lot of, like,
0: details to get into. It
1: was, a. Uh... So I finished it one night, I kind of stayed up late reading it, and then I couldn't go to sleep, so I was just, I was just thinking about it, you know, just thinking about how kind of awful it was, you know?
0: So that was hard for you to get out of? Like, you were, just, you were, you were feeling what he went through?
1: Yeah, just, you know, like, oh, we were interested in this cute little town, like, so cute, and we were working at the malt factory, like, eating malt syrup, and you know, it didn't sound too bad at that point, you know?
0: But then they're, they're blowtorching corpses and
1: holes. Would you like a cider? Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, and then, like, the only reason why they survived is because they were in that slaughterhouse that was underground to keep it cooler. Oi! Um, I'll do the strong bow. Thanks. Number one hard cider brand in the in the world since eighteen eighty seven um yeah so just dumb luck you know and it's easy for me to think about World War Two like oh it was nineteen forty four was it nineteen forty four when that happened? Yeah. Like the war's almost over like they don't have that much more to go, but you don't know that when you're going through it. Like, no, you have no idea. And it took him like
0: three months to get to Dresden. Yeah. So, because it, it was in the late fall,
1: I think. Yeah.
0: My grandfather was in battle so really? the Bolshevik. Really?
1: Grandson? Yeah. Did he ever talk about it? No. No. Yeah, that's just so. Uh, I can't. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what it must have been like. And then, like, as a woman, too, like, I wouldn't have had to go through that. Not that I want to. You know, I'm glad I don't have to go to war. Oh, didn't that just change, though? Yeah, I mean, I think women can go into combat now. I think that's recent. But not old women like me. (laughs) I'm told to join the military. (laughs) Barring an invasion of the United
0: States, I think that you and I are both safe.
1: And then I'd probably do something, like, They'd be like, well, you're going to be the safety officer. I'm like, okay.
0: That'd be an awful job. Being safety officer for a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, I'd be like,
1: okay, um, guys, make sure you try not to get any infectious materials like in your eyes. Always throw the grenade at least X number of feet away. Yeah, don't pull the pin until you really need to. Let's do a JHA on this. You You have to. Come on. Yeah, no, that would that might be kind of interesting though. I think I think it would be.
0: The question is, once it became normal, it would it get old?
1: I'm sure I would definitely have some kind of psychic break as well, and I would mm-hmm. be on uh, a spaceship with Colden or something in my mind.
0: Would you go to set Charles out Charles would you would you live there and have all your needs
1: met and
0: know that they could flip you right back like you never left?
1: Oh, yeah, like in real life.
0: Yeah.
1: It'd be nice. You could do that for, like, two weeks. Like, just yeah. go have, like, a mental break vacation and, like, eat whatever you want and just rest.
0: Even a longer time, though. Think about it. Like, you could sort of reassess your whole life Yeah, and you're going to go re-enter right where you left.
1: Because, like, even now, like, it, like this weekend, I, like, had a really restful weekend where I, I didn't have any... Well, I did a couple things, but I slept a lot. I took a lot of naps. I slept yeah. in. Like, I just... I didn't make myself do any... Work or like anything creative, I just consumed media and just slept. But like, I had to get up, and go to work on Monday, and I'm like, I need, I need like a week of this. I
0: know.
1: And I don't want to take a week out of my life to do that. Yeah. So that would be nice if if an alien would take me. I can't. I can't say their name.
0: Trowel Trow. I Right. Let's That's see. why
1: I keep avoiding it. All right. I'm scrolling
0: to top <laughs> my summary. It is. He marries Valencia, Trau- the Famidorians, yeah. Trofalmador. Trau- Trau- Talfidorian. Trau-
1: so. Oh, so when I was reading about Weary, so Roland Weary, his buddy, not really his buddy. Liseo or Um Roland Weary, the the guy yeah. that had to wear the claws. Yeah. That character, I was like it, when I read about him, when I was reading his kind of perspective, I looked up if Stephen King was inspired by Kurt Vonnegut because that character was, like, straight out of a Stephen King book. Really? Like, sadistic background, like, kind of crazy, which I'm sure that's...
0: He was demented, at
1: least. Probably a common theme that authors do, but it just, like, it just made me think of Stephen King. Uh, so, but now Stephen King, from the two websites I looked at, does not have him listed as a reference. Mm-hmm. Although... Or, a not a reference. An inspiration... Although I'm sure he's probably inspired most of this gener- like the later generation of writers, just because he was so influential and respected. Did it turn off again? It did. We could always put him in the oven, too, with that.
0: But... I insist, David.
1: So I'm going to have
0: burgers for the first time think, all summer. <laughs> we, we, we had an electrical issue in the house, so my outlet options are limited.
1: There we go.
0: There we go. We got power.
1: So how are our burgers doing? you bloody. Oh, yeah. That looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, that Roland guy, he was a very interesting character, and it kind of sucks that he ultimately caused the death of Billy Pilgrim, although I kind of think that was in his head, too, Jeff death scene. Well... I don't think that is actually what happened to him. I mean, I
0: I think that you could really say that that LaVizio, or whatever his name was, let's assume it was real, was so mentally ill that I don't think it really mattered what
1: his reason for killing Billy was. Yeah. Well, uh, Roland, like, made everyone on the... Roland Weary made everyone on his boxcar, like, he he was, like, charming, but, like, once he got close to you, he would, like, Mm -hmm. beat you up. Whatever. So he got all these people to be close to him. But then he died before he, they could see his true colors. So everyone's like, we're gonna get that Billy Pilgrim. And yeah, the one guy bit in. Well, that
0: guy I mean, the guy killed that dog. That was a hard part to read.
1: The guy killed the dog?
0: So L'Vizio killed... There was a dog that bit him, and he gets back at it by
1: putting... Oh, yeah. Spring. No, that was terrible. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he does a horrible thing to a dog, and I really don't feel like getting
1: it's awful. The guy that
0: kills Billy Pilgrim has no redeeming qualities.
1: So where would you say that is on your Vonnegut top five, top ten?
0: Well, I liked it better than Cat's Cradle. Uh-huh. I liked Cat's Cradle, but I liked it better than Cat's Cradle. I actually think that Bre- I like Breakfast the Champions better. Okay. Because it's a little more whimsical. Yeah. Um, I... Didn't I like Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow so in Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow for whatever reason the Earth passes through deformed space and everyone jumps back to where they were 10 years ago but then is just trapped in their bodies as they relive that 10 years oh my god and when it ends only Kilgore Trout was unaffected and he is the one that institutes sick change because uh-huh. he helps everyone get through the crisis afterwards
1: um, wow, the past ten years of my life—that would be I know. a lot.
0: I mean, if I could really
1: pick, I feel like the, these ten years are better than the preceding ones. I think. Um, is there is there a ten year stretch that you could think of that you would be willing to relive? I mean, I would probably relive any ten year stretch. It just—it must be so cringy to see, oh, like know. you know, like think when. So my issue in my life is like I don't feel like I. I've always stood up for myself. I kind of, like, take things that I shouldn't. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm a lot better at that now. I'm a lot, like, less timid and afraid. Uh, but it'd be really hard to be in myself and not be able to stick up for myself mm-hmm. as my past self. Like, I would just... It would be so sad. Like, it's already sad now. To witness all those yeah, things Yeah, just to happens. see yourself, like, getting, um, you know, like, having to deal with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um... God
1: bless you, Mr.
0: Rosewater. It's funny because there's a lot of volunteer firefighter things. Kurt Vonnegut was, was a volunteer firefighter for a while. Um, I think he said that in the foreword. Um, and Mr. Rosewater, he... Um, it's funny because there's a lot of Kilgore trout. Um, the book's weird. He ends up giving his family portrait to all the single women of the city.
1: Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, single, single mothers. Uh, do dogs' stepmothers count? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and
0: let's see. And then um, Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, that's. I think that that's definitely my favorite for, for Kurt Vonnegut book.
1: All right, maybe I'll read that one. It's a good one to
0: read after this one because Pilgrim Traps in it, and I think it even mentions Billy Pilgrim.
1: Oh, cool. Like, he's not a character, but I think he's a, he's mentioned it. They did mention some food in this book, too, I noticed. But it wasn't really anything that we would be able to eat. Well, I was really
0: disappointed because in, um, in one of the other... So, other books have more clover yeah. trap things. And in one planet they go to, everything is synthetic. Uh-huh. They artificially add moisture. So, people go to the movies and watch as porn. And watch people eat, like, a fake apple. (laughs) Um, Because everything's polymer-based. And that's something that
1: I see in old sci-fi a lot. Like, was
0: there this fear that we were going to kill everything on Earth and everything we were going to eat is basically going to be made of polymers? Yeah.
1: Uh, You know, that is a common theme of, like, the food going away and having to eat. Yeah. And that whole atomic age. Yeah, they had a... They ate a bunch of, like, canned meat... So, so there was, like, this British, these British prisoners that were in, uh, in captivity with them, and they, for some reason, were allowed to kind of live a luxurious prisoner experience, and they had food and, like, uh, clothing, and they made little, they did plays, they all had, like, sang beautifully, because they've been singing together every night for five years, uh, and they had all this butter, and cream and sugar and uh, bread and marmalade and jam. So I was like, oh, we could do bread and marmalade and jam, but like that would be like a gluten party. So, so we're doing burgers.
0: I, you know what? I, I don't know that they're super appropriate, but I feel like that's what the Americans would have wanted to eat.
1: Burgers? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so I, and I burgers and- yeah, I mean, Surprise. And I don't
0: think our food will send them to the latrines afterwards.
1: No, no, yeah, and they all had to go. And then the British like dug a new latrine for themselves. After right. Because they're so disgusted about the Americans. It's nice yeah. to have little classes them in
0: there. Because it was all, they were all British
1: officers. Yeah. And they're like, you guys are all babies. Except for the one guy. Dreary, right? Is that his name? Yes, the one that got shot for the teapot. Yeah. He was like a 43-year-old who went back because he wanted to help. He pulled straights to get back yeah. in.
0: Yeah. I think that was common. At least the movies have taught me that that's common. That people faked their ages and stuff to be able to fight.
1: Well, I guess that's very uh, patriotic. Yeah. I faked my age to get in the bar at college. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I was so I was I was held
0: back in first grade and I was born in December. So I was already about six months older than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then I was a year older from that point forward. So like I, I was yeah. able to drink legally like my freshman year in college. Wow. Wow. Right?
1: wow. right? Nice. Sophomore year, but still yeah. earlier than everyone else. Yeah, that is pretty early. My 21st birthday was, I was in the field geology class. So if we were going 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. six days a week, and it was like that Friday. But they let me go to the bar. They're like I'm like, can I have the night off because it's my 21st birthday? And I Make I sure. You. So what bar did you go to? Well, there was only three bars at UConn then. So I think we went to the Civic Pub. Okay. And Huskies. Maybe we went to Ted's too. Those were the free bars. Gadget, did Mark gadget? Oh, she's Good so girl. cute. Do you want a half-cooked French fry? Hell yeah. Do you want a half-cooked
0: French fry? No, she does not want the half-cooked. That does not bode well for us, Ava. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's like, what is that? Those french fries are from Idaho.
0: (laughs) She keeps... I think it's too hot.
1: Yeah, it's probably hot. That's smart, Dad. Give
0: it to you later, girl.
1: She has such beautiful fur. I know. Isn't she the prettiest little dog? It's her eyes,
0: I think. She has wonderful eyes. Okay, well, good. She's going to be smart, and she'll eat it when she's ready. All right, so the burgers done. Oh, nice. Um, so what I'm, I'm going to do some cheese on them. All right, Dan, so what cheeses do we have? So we have pepper jack.
1: Pepper jack and mozzarella. I think I'm also going to do pepper jack. Okay. Pepper jack. Those look like real burgers. Right? Like real
0: lines and everything. We I eat.
1: usually grind them up and put them in tacos, but... So do you um, do you think you might read any of the other books? Yeah, I think I want to read *Breakfast of Champions*, and then *Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow* sounds kind of good too.
0: *Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow* was neat. Um, have you read um, *Cat's Cradle*? I read
1: *Cat's Cradle*, and I read *Galapagos*. Okay, and I may have read something else too. But you know, like when you're in high school, you go through your Kurt Vonnegut phase and you read all the Kurt Vonnegut books. Yep. And he was um, he was like a visiting professor at my sister's college when she was there, which that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right, well, sir.
0: No, no, I think so. Anything so right else? now we have the burgers on the grill, um, pretty much done. We're going to put them in the oven to keep them warm and melt cheese. The French fries still have about five minutes. We will send you guys um, pictures, and um, next month is, um, is is
1: the stand. Yep. Awesome. So, all right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.